Hi there. Welcome to Take the Stage, the podcast for speakers on the speaking life. We're going to dive into what it means to run a speaker business, how to get booked, how to keep your records, how to create messages that matter and make a difference. I'm Mary Snyder. I'm your host. I'm so excited you're here, and I'm here to help you take the stage. Hello, I am so excited to have you here back to listen to the podcast, or maybe this is your very first time here at the podcast. So welcome. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to take just a couple of moments and ask you two questions. The first one is, are you on my email list? Because if you aren't, why aren't you? You can find that at takethestagepodcast.com. Click resources and you can grab one of those resources. Scroll to the bottom down there if you don't want one and just put yourself on that email list. You're going to get the first notification for some really fun things that are coming up, some free trainings, and then some new offerings. And also while you're there, if you haven't taken the speaker quiz, it's there for you. Jump over there, click it. It's free. It's fun. It's informative. All the things. Second, is have you joined the Facebook group? Now, I know right now you're thinking, I don't like Facebook. It's a cesspool of information. Yes, it can be. But Take the Stage Speakers is a fun place for you to connect with people just like me and you. So go over there, join up, have a good time, and meet people just like you. Okay, so today I'm super excited. I have a guest. I know. And not just any guest. I have someone that you are going to love. So I met this woman through a mutual friend and I liked her so much that I said, you've got to come and work with the company I work with. So we were actually working partners and not only that, we both serve speakers. So I want you to meet Lori Robertson, speaker, speak her coach. And I said, speak her because that is the name of her business, speak her. So without further ado, Welcome, my friend, Lori Robertson. Lori, I'm so excited you're here. Mary, I am such a Mary Snyder fan and to have the opportunity to talk to you and to guest on your podcast and to encourage your people and your tribe, it just makes my heart happy. So thank you. It's so good to be with you. Oh, listen, and we act like we just got on the phone. Y'all, we've been talking almost an hour. I mean, we (laughs) can talk the house down. Lori and I really (laughs) have a great time together. We have a lot of ground to cover. We do. And even if we've only seen each other like a week ago, we still have a lot of ground to cover. That's right. We spent several days together recently, and I think we talked about everything under the sun. And we're going on a trip together in the near future, so to Uganda. So we're going to have a lot of plain time. Mm -hmm. Big trip. Mm -hmm. So Lori, because I think your history is fascinating, tell my speakers, where did you get started in this speaker world? Yes. So Mary... I had the great privilege to be part of the Women of Faith events. I spent 10 years producing the Women of Faith tour. I did an internship my last semester of grad school with Thomas Nelson, which was the publishing company that owned Women of Faith at the time, and then was hired and moved to Dallas. And I remember distinctly walking into my first Women of Faith event, and it was at the American Airlines Center in Dallas. And women were in the room to the top row of the third tier. We would sell out the American Airlines Center each year at 
over 18,000. And wow. I grew up in a tiny town of about 10,000 in Oklahoma. And my nearest experience to that was a Def Leppard concert. And <laughs> it's very similar. Almost the same. I really was confused for a second where I was, but I really had no category for a gathering like that with an audience of that size laughing together, engaging in stories together, learning together. And I thought at that moment, I want to spend the rest of my life creating experiences like this for as many people as I can. And for 10 years and in the intervening years in different ways, I have done that working in the world of events and in event production, consulting with events. And then about halfway through my time at Women of Faith, I was asked to start emceeing the events, uh, which was an adventure in itself. <laughs> but as you can imagine, as you know, but I've always been super focused as you have to be as an event producer or as a speaker on the person in the seat. It is all about that person in the audience. And I've never, ever loosened my hold on that person. However, after I left Women of Faith, after there was a leadership change, I did some consulting with a great ministry in your neck of the woods, Phil yep. Waldrop Ministries out Love of them. Alabama. They have several events under their umbrella. And one is the Women of Joy Conferences, which is a multi-day girlfriends weekend, different speakers and musical artists, and just a fabulous getaway weekend. And I did some consulting with them, and then they invited me to emcee the events. And so I did that for five or six years up until COVID kind of changed the world for all of us. But it was in 2019. I didn't know I was about to have more free time. None of us did. <laughs> but for some reason in 2019, I felt like God expanded my view a bit, still very focused on the person in the audience. But suddenly I started paying a little bit more attention to the person on the platform and how it's only in God's economy where the gift is truly 360 degrees right. that a woman or a man can walk in front of a group of 10 people or 10,000 people and share out of your own experience, out of the stories you've lived, the lessons you've learned, your unique perspective in a way that not only helps everyone in the room, but it's such a gift to the speaker to step into the joy and purpose of using your own story and your own wisdom and expertise to help someone else. And I just felt like God lit a fire inside me to help as many women as I can find recognize the value inside them and get some clarity around their message, become empowered and more confident to step up and raise their hand to share what's inside them. Because frankly, not enough women do. And I know you know that. So y'all, Lori has really dove into helping professional women tell their story. Yeah. And one of the keys of that, and y'all, you have to sign up for her email. It is so good. She has a confidence course. I, talk about your confidence course. She didn't even know I was going to ask this because she's looking at me with big eyes right now. Going, <laughs> I don't know who's going to talk about this. But I got the email today and I almost signed up for it. And I'm a, probably the, one of the most confident people you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good. So talk about confidence and why confidence is so important for the professional woman, but also for the new speaker and the experienced speaker. 
Why is confidence so important? Well, let me give you just a touch of background. So I mentioned that when I'd been at Women of Faith several years, I was asked to consider emceeing the events. And man, I loved nothing more than the idea of playing a bigger role in these events that I knew changed lives. However, my only speaking experience was this awful, awkward speech class in college where, you know, I had to talk about things I didn't care about or know about to people who didn't care about them either and didn't care to hear from me. So it was just a perfect storm of horrible. (laughs) And so I had no reason to think I could do this, but I sure as heck wanted to try. And the first thing that was standing in my way was fear, just flat Mm -hmm. out fear. The fear that we all feel to some degree when you think about speaking in front of other people, you know, it's biologically driven. We all feel it. For me, it was my hands and feet sweat so bad. I had to wear shoes I could take off because I would have to slip them off, dry my feet on the rug and put them back on before I went on the stage. And you know, felt like I just could throw up at any moment, that feeling. So I really dug in to learn what's happening, what I could do about that. And truly the great news is there are simple physical tactics you can use to diffuse that physical response we all feel. Then the doubt creeps in, like, who am I to do this? There's got to be someone better. What if I say something wrong? What if I forget everything, you know? And so you have to kind of get your mindset And so I learned a lot about what I call the physical skill set and then the mindset to overcome the fear part. But frankly, for most of the women I work with that are professional women who've achieved success in their careers, you're at a point where it's not that the fear of speaking paralyzes you. It's not Mm. that. You've had to speak in front of people. You've had to do the presentations. You've had to do client proposals. You've had to speak. However, there's a difference in managing the fear and stepping into confidence and cultivating confidence because so many more women than we want to be the case, when you are asked to give a keynote or speak on a panel or do the presentation, you say, no, thank you. Mm. Because they have those same worries. Surely there's somebody better than me. What if I say something wrong? It is a lack of confidence in what would I say? How would I say it? Would it matter? But back in those women of faith days, once I got the fear under control, I really wanted to lean in to intentionally cultivate confidence because I knew the more I could be confident, the more I could just show up, be myself and have a good time which then allows everyone in the room to show up, be themselves and have a good time. Wow! So that really became my job to figure out how to be more confident so that I could give them a better experience. And so this Speak With Confidence course, it's just a little mini course. It's three video modules, about 20 minutes each. And in it, the first is how to overcome those physical fear symptoms, what's happening and what can you do to diffuse that? The second is mindset, dumping your doubts and leaning into beliefs that really serve you and move you forward. And then the third is five C's for intentionally cultivating confidence because it's the game changer. Honestly, it is not the fear that holds most of us back. It is a lack of confidence. Wow. And I truly found that there are ways that you can lean in and flex those muscles and grow that confidence. 
So just right now, I know you're thinking, I'm going to need that. I need it right now. It is in the show notes. There's a link. And I think it's like $47. I mean, it's really affordable, something easy peasy you can do. So it will be here. I love that you talk about confidence because even the most seasoned speaker deals with this. Even the most seasoned speaker has moments where she's like, maybe it's not for me. Now, that's not a lack mm-hmm. of preparation. You got to be prepared because you won't be sure. confident if you're not prepared. Yep. But I love that you're talking about confidence. But I want to ask a question because number one, because I'm nosy. So you did Women of Faith back in the days when y'all, these were arenas. This is like 18,000, like you said. Average attendance over 28 or 30 events a year at our mm-hmm. peak average attendance in a year was 14,000. 14,000 per event. Yes. Per event. Yeah. Now those days we don't see that anymore. Right. It's a sad thing. We don't see that anymore. So if right now you're Googling women of faith, if you don't know that brand, you missed it. It was incredible. And you learned from the incredible Mary Graham. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She is the reason that I encourage people to sit on the front row. Talk about why she did that. How did that work? And why did she do that? She did. So women of faith was built around a core group of speakers. There were six speakers to begin with, and they were literally, and also the picture of the best circle of girlfriends that we all wished we had. And Mary's vision was that all of the speakers would attend the event from beginning to end. And we actually had a little secondary platform made near the stage that we called the porch. And Mm -hmm. that was one of the speakers came up with that name. It's like a little front porch. And all of the speakers would sit on the porch and engage and support one another. And it reminded every woman in the room of the value of friendships, of what encouraging, supporting, generous friendship looks like. And it created a better experience because you and I both know the beauty of when the current speaker is able to refer to things that were said before, kind of bring the thread through, or someone who just walks in the door doesn't realize what happened this morning and says or does something that points out that gap, that shows that they are unaware of this big thing we all experienced this morning or what was said, or God forbid they tell a story that's almost like what's already been said or repeat something. And it just makes a better experience and more of a cohesive experience when you can have the team together like that. But it really was Mary's vision for creating a circle of friends that then was replicated all over the arena in all these groups of women who came in together. I love that. And if you've been around here, you've heard me talk about supporting other speakers. Mm -hmm. And the reason I wanted Lori to tell that story is if you have the opportunity to go see a fellow speaker speak, sit on the front row. If you can make it happen, be up front. And if you need to, take your own cheering department with you. Mm-hmm. If I'm at an event and I'm one of three people that's speaking, I want to sit in that front row for every single one of those speakers. Number one, because of what you said, I want to experience the event with the attendees. And if you've ever been in a room when someone makes that huge faux pas where they didn't get what was said earlier and they either 
reiterate the story or tell something, you know, a little off color that contradicts what the person said earlier. It is very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. But I love what Mary built, that it was built around relationships because I know some of you are thinking, Lori and I serve the same audience. We do serve a very similar audience. But ladies, listen to me and gentlemen, because I know I have some fellas. There is plenty of work in the kingdom. There are plenty of opportunities to speak. There are plenty of places to go. Now, I wish we still had women of faith, but we do still have women of joy. Mm -hmm, We do. They do about six or eight a year still. Yep, they sure do. Yeah. In fact, Women of Joy is a fabulous event and it's built around a girlfriend's weekend. So the events are always at destination type places. I always think of like great shopping places like (laughs) Myrtle Beach, San Antonio, Branson, Pigeon Forge. And the event is spread out from Friday evening. There's a Saturday morning session, a Saturday evening concert, and then a Sunday morning session as you wrap up. So you've got this whole afternoon Saturday to pack up your girlfriends and head down the street to the outlet mall or get yourself a great lunch and the best dessert you've ever had. And Plenty of girlfriend time because that's part of the point too. I mean, how many times a year do any of the women we know have the opportunity to leave somebody else in charge of whatever and whoever is at home (laughs) and take your pillow and your little Debbie and your 12 pack of Mountain Dew and go have a girlfriend sleepover? But that's the opportunity. It's so fun. And we'll link to that too, that they don't even know we're doing this, but I love what they do. And Uh I love the opportunity to go and do, and it is so much fun. Before we wrap up, Lori, I want people to know how they can reach you. Now, all this is going to be in show notes. Talk a little bit about how you serve your speakers. Sure. So as you said, my business is Speak Her Coach, and my website is speakhercoach.com. And I focus primarily on professional women who want to get clarity around their message and want to become more empowered and gain more confidence around communicating because they know that as they can be more effective communicators, better public speakers, you can grow your business, you can grow in your career, you can grow your personal brand, and you grow the impact that you're here to make. There's always a missional element as well. But I mostly through one-on-one coaching work with professional women who typically have achieved great things in their career and that success brings speaking opportunities to them. They're asked to give keynotes, they're asked to speak on panels, uh, but they want to be great at it because awesome is the only gear they have. We do what we do when we know what we're doing and they get some help to really hone in on their message, develop their presentation skills to be as effective and compelling and engaging as they want to be and put some confidence in their pocket to take with them so that they can say yes to those opportunities. You know, one thing I was thinking of, Mary, I read something the other day about, um, have you ever heard of the op-ed project? No, I haven't. So I have seen, and I'm sure you've seen how there are never as many women and people from diverse backgrounds on stages as we want there to be. Right. And we know that's an issue that many great organizations and event planners are working to write that. 
But the other side of it is that women have to be willing to raise their hand yes, and they have to be willing to say yes if they are asked. And someone pointed me toward this op-ed project that basically was a study of all the op-ed pieces in all the newspapers around the country. And someone noted that only 5% of the op-eds in these papers were written by women. And that seems like women are not being fairly represented. But then when they dug into the data, they found that only 3% of the submissions were from women. So actually, they were being overrepresented versus the submissions. And so that just is such a picture to me of you and I both know so many smart, insightful, wise, wonderful, engaging women who hesitate Yes, when someone asks them, they think what you and I have thought before, they think, surely there's someone better. Mm-hmm. Who am I to speak about that? What if I say the wrong thing? Mm-hmm. But frankly, we have to help one another be courageous because courage is contagious. Yes, And the more we raise our hands, the more we stand up and speak up, the more other women see what's possible and they can be more courageous about it too. But we all have to really work on it. That's so good. I'm going to go look up that study because I love that 5%, but only 3% sent it in. So my question is, because how many of you out there, you, I'm talking to you right now, are you raising your hand? Yeah. And if you're not, because it's a confidence issue, I have brought you a confidence coach. (laughs) Somebody that will raise that. Lori, thank you so much for being here. Y'all, you're going to find everything you want to connect with Lori. And we're going to put the Women of Joy link in there too, in the show notes. And until next week, bye for now. Thank you for spending your time with me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, you will find links in the show notes. And those can be found wherever you're listening to this or at TakeTheStagePodcast.com. I'm Mary R. Snyder, and as always, I am here to help you craft a message that matters and take that message to the stage. Until next week, have a good one.